wouldn't it be nice if Adam Sandler didn't count the dates up all so wrong? And wouldn't it be nice to talk together in a format that goes way too long? You know it's time to rewind, baby, for 19 dates of this movie. Drew Berry Yeah, wouldn't it be nice? Good morning, listeners. It's another beautiful day here on It's Time to Rewind. I'm your host, Bubba Wheat, and joining me today for the last time this season is my guest, Jason Soto. How are you doing today? Hey, I am doing wonderful. This is fun. Yes, and this season we are discussing, um, you know, what was the movie again? Fifty first dates. Ah, yes. Uh, well, actually, it's nineteen first dates, and we are going through them one date at a time. And this date, this week's date, is what I'm calling their fifth date because it is their fifth interaction. Even though this is technically their second actual date, uh, but it does start at thirty five minutes and twenty one seconds with Henry fake wailing at his menu, and ends at forty one minutes and fifty six seconds with Alexa giving some questionable advice while referencing her manhood. And so, the one thing about this song, and it 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 is the same song. It's still underneath it all, but yep. because it's like the the um you know, the, the guest vocalist, it took me way too long to figure out what song this was. <laughs> okay. All right. It threw you off that they, they did a different part of the song, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I know I recognize this song, but I can't figure out what it is. And I was like looking at the other songs in the, the, the soundtrack. And then finally I was like, Oh, wait a minute. This, this is still the same song. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> This is, yeah, this is the, you know, the verse with Lady Saw and, you know, she's talking about my real prince charming. Mm -hmm. Again, that I I feel like that that is very fitting with what's happening on on screen, because this is where Henry does succeed after two failures and to get Lucy's attention. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good on him. Yeah. And and again, that this. Kind of like last week, we don't get a major focus on it, but here at the beginning, we do see Lucy's waffle creation, mm-hmm. and I noticed that it is yet again another waffle house, but it this time it has what looks like a silo next to it, yeah. and, <laughs> okay, and there's yeah. a nice little waffle <laughs> fence going around the edge. Yeah, she's getting very intricate the more this breakfast is happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then every time, you know, I feel like every time I comment on her waffle creation, you know, my my heart goes out to that art director that had yeah. to actually build these. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> and again, we get another great line from Joe here as Adam Sandler goes in like this i feel like this is one of the scenes in this movie where adam sandler goes full-on adam sandler Mm -hmm. oh yeah this is this is basically his wheelhouse this whole chunk here yeah (laughs) um with the the very loud like crying and the you know uh over exaggerated vocal you know vocalization of things and because like you know i was starting to cringe because i'm like he's in a public place and he's like doing this 
loud crying. But then mm-hmm. I'm like, but everyone that's here in this diner knows what he's trying to do. So it's not like he's embarrassing himself in front of strangers. Well, I think it's it's a mix of strangers and regulars. Right. But most of it is regulars and they all know what he's doing. So, you know, him acting like a big giant buffoon by crying like that, you know, I, you know, he has no fear of, you know, drawing attention to himself. Everyone's just going to shake. Basically, we do see that. We do see like Sue and Nick and other people like shake their head at him when he does the the crying. But um, but yeah, I was like, oh, God, why are you doing this in public? But then I was like, <laughs> oh, but everyone knows what's what's happening. And they're just like. Let it happen. Let her embarrass him and and move on. <laughs> yeah, and and this this is a moment again that we get reminded that Lucy's an art teacher, and so again he's like playing off of her teacherness and yes and ability to work with kids and you know trying to get at her soft spots and mm-hmm. this is working for her today because apparently you know she's in the right mood today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting that a person who has this weird temporary like amnesia gets like like moody each different day. It's it's interesting. <laughs> and again, one one thing that we do get a little bit, which I, I didn't notice. I don't know if this is a continuity error or if like somebody shows up a little bit later. But one thing that I noticed is. Whenever we first see Lucy, we do see the the old Asian guy Joe mm-hmm. sitting right behind her. Yeah, and then and then after Adam Sandler is sitting with her, Joe now has somebody else sitting across from him at his table. Mm. So he does have a friend, and this this is you know I mentioned two weeks ago that this would come back, and this random you know the this like overweight. Uh, asian man or hawaiian native mm-hmm. like gives adam sandler the the jerk off motion again. yeah 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 exactly yes yeah a lot of callbacks yeah so i i, I don't know what what the point is with that and again we, we get this uh, another callback where he's talking about the the fishy smell on his hands yeah uh, yeah but he doesn't he doesn't go as far as he did on the the second date, whenever he got shot down, but he is like kind of bringing it up because he knows that Lucy actually does like that smell, and mm-hmm. so he kind of goes goes in soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which is a good move on on his part. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I still can't get over, I, I I feel like I haven't talked about it in in a little while. Uh, but I know I talked about it in the first episode, but it's that this is actually like a it's not a special effects heavy movie, but mm. there are a lot more special effects in this movie than you would think. And whenever they walk outside and this spam truck drives by, <laughs> yes, they I mean, they I think they added. Well, I know that they added the spam logo on the side of the truck. That's actually a digital logo. That, oh, that they added oh. okay huh. I, I believe that it did have the the spam in the back but, but it was something that's kind of unexpectedly got a laugh in test screen or you know i'm i'm kind of piecing this together based on like what they mentioned in the commentary for this movie okay uh but i'm i imagine that 
seeing the the spam in the back of a truck got a laugh from test audiences, but only from some of from the people that noticed it. And so they added, um, so they added the spam logo to draw attention to the fact that it has a spam truck. That it's oh, a spam okay. delivery. <laughs> okay, okay, that's interesting. All right, I did not know that. Yeah, huh. this this movie had over two hundred special effects shots in it. Okay, I mean, you know, that don't that don't super surprise me because you know he works at a zoo with animals and you can't really predict when animals do so if you need to do something you have to just use the special effects i imagine that's what happened well i think it's a lot of like transitions a lot of background it, it's kind of like um i'm trying i can't remember what it was but i i feel like a lot of like david fincher's later movies where he has a lot of special effects but it's special effects that to make things look normal but real Mm-hmm. like uh like how zodiac has all digital blood yeah i i've noticed that because zodiac's one of my favorite movies and i i i do cringe at that part <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's kind of like you know a lot of those special effects just to make things look correct so they don't have to do it practically and and again i talked about this in the first episode but like mm-hmm. anytime that they're in the hooky hooky low cafe and you can see the window behind them Mm-hmm. that that window is is fake like that that is just like basically a trans light so oh. it's like a, a matte painting with a light uh you know like a lit up matte, matte painting but they add digital elements like they add digital movement to it like they add boats and clouds moving to to make it look more realistic okay okay huh yeah i yeah see i I didn't know any of this because, you know, Adam Sandler gets a lot of sh- for like filming movies in exotic locations like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they always say like, oh, he wants to take a vacation with his friends, but he uses an excuse to make a movie. So, you know, I thought a lot of this was like on, you know, like real places, you know what I mean? Like, so the fact mm-hmm. that they they had to like special effect like a background and stuff kind of surprises me, honestly. Yeah, like all the exterior shots are, or most of the exterior shots were filmed in Hawaii, but the Huki Lao Cafe was in California. Oh. Like all the all the all the interior was in California. Ah, oh, okay, okay, interesting. All right. And then you know we we have this moment of him, uh, him and Lucy outside, and her getting in in her car. And this, I feel like this is another moment where. The movie is leaning in really hard to show that Henry is a nice guy and he's not taking advantage of Lucy's condition. Right. Yeah, we get a lot of that in this during this uh, section here Um, because he didn't try very hard to get her number or to do anything with her. And then even she comments, (laughs) she comments like, wait, you went through all of that and then you're not even going to try to like get get a date with me or anything. And then he's like, what? No, no, what? Wait, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to change. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a, an interest. Like it, it's 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 also funny because because she's so put off because she was expecting him to to go for a kiss and or to get her number. Mm-hmm. And she is like pretty much offended that he didn't do that <laughs> instead right. of instead of the opposite which happens I, I feel like it's it's a combination of 
like I said, the movie leaning in hard to show that Henry's a nice guy and he's he's changed again, like he has immediately changed from his womanizer ways. There is mm-hmm. no like character arc there. It's goes from zero to sixty. Yeah, exactly. But but it's also that that expectation diversion of, you know, you were expecting him to go in for the kiss and get shot down, but instead he chooses not to go in for the kiss. And he gets shot down in a different way. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. what am I, ugly? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's such a it's such a, a twist, you know, that we we you know we weren't expecting because you know you're you're being you're being fed like you know you gotta be careful with her. Don't don't treat her like just anyone like you treat other women, you know, treat her different. And then we get this part where she's like, You didn't treat me like you treat well, like you would probably treat other women. And so that like makes them freak out. <laughs> yeah. And and it shows like how how cool and smart Lucy is. Like like you really get a feeling for her as a character that she she wasn't just like being naive and like teaching him. She knew that he was mm-hmm. faking the whole can't read bit. Can't read but, thing, yeah. But again, she was like nice enough to, and she like her line is, you know, someone who would go through the trouble to pretend that he can't read just so he can get my attention was worth a shot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then I, I feel like that's like a really great character de- development for Lucy. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, again, we kind of get this expectation subversion where uh, Henry actually follows her to her house and and meets Marlon and Doug for the first time. Yep. And and we also get just a little bit of like the the relationship that their family has with Sue and Nick, because Sue does call him to give him a heads up. Mm -hmm. Yep. I forget that Sean Austin's in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) And then the fact that he plays that kind of a character, like throws me off. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. Because I've seen the meme where he dresses like that. Like (laughs) there's like a Sean Austin meme going around where he's dressed like that. And I don't ever put together that it's this movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I it came out of so even this time I was surprised like oh yeah that's right he plays such a a weird douchey jock wannabe kind of guy <laughs> yeah I've I've talked about how much I again Doug is one of those character one of those side characters in this movie that I absolutely love he's yeah. just so so <laughs> hilarious and so weird that it's it it's almost impressive it it's and it I think. I think a lot of it is just the Sean Astonness because yeah. I, I feel I feel like if the like let's say if it was Rob Schneider playing this exact character, uh-huh. I might not have I might not like him as much. No, I one hundred percent agree with you on that. <laughs> um, but but the fact that it is Sean Aston, it just makes this character so much better. Yeah, I agree, and I, I do want to actually I want to bring something up here. Something I've noticed in a, in a lot of Adam Sandler movies, and he does it here in this scene, is um, Adam Sandler is always the one to win fights. Whenever <laughs> a fight shows up in his movie, in his movies, he always wins. And it's like it doesn't matter who the person is like probably in real life. I could see Adam Sandler maybe get like, you know, get an edge on Sean a- Astin. But then there are movies where he'll like cast like 
like Stone Cold Steve Austin or John Cena or somebody, and he'll win a fight with them. And it's like, I'm starting to wonder if like Adam Sandler has some kind of like issues with like, you know, losing fights in his real life. So <laughs> in his movies, he's got to be like the one that overpowers anybody that gets into a fight with him. I don't know if you've noticed that in a lot of his movies. I don't know how many Adam Sandler movies you've seen, but I've always caught that in every single one of his movies where he has to fight. He wins a fight like every time. Uh, except Bob Barker. Except Bob Barker. You're right. <laughs> yes, you're right. One thing. Yes. But every other movie where he's got to fight somebody, he he wins. It's it's weird. <laughs> and and I feel like that's, you know, the Bob Barker fight again is like that expectation <clears throat> diversion because like, yeah, he's losing to Bob Barker because it's Bob Barker and Bob you don't Barker. expect him to win. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. See, there it's played for comedy, which is smart. But then, but then, like after that, I cannot think of an example where he loses a fight. Really. Yeah. Although I and and I definitely agree with you. I, I feel like this is a moment to again highlight the good points of the Henry Roth as a character. But at the same time, I. You know, I don't feel like it's that out of place because even though Doug is like, you know, he does steroids, he's like a, a bodybuilder, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he's also kind of this like, again, like there's a lot of man child characters in this movie. And Doug is another one, you know, he feels like uh, socially behind, you know, you know, he he is kind of like this childlike character again in, yeah. in a certain way uh, where he's like struggling to get dates and, you know, he ends up in, he ends up with Alexa just because she <laughs> like basically forces herself. Like, yeah. you know, she's the one that puts the moves on him and he just yeah. kind of accepts it. Yep. 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 <laughs> But I I also think that it again it kind of makes sense with like Doug as a character and also the way that Adam Sandler defeats him make it makes it feel like this is something that he would have done with a um with like the the sea sea animals that he works with that this yeah. feels like that that he would do with like a seal. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I can, I can see that as he put a zoo training into practice here. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we get this, this scene with protective dad. And I, again, like the, this movie is, is really pushing that line of it. it the, this movie is really spelling out how in a real life situation, this, this can go really wrong. Like if, uh, the dad says, you know, if if you know about Lucy's condition and you're okay with that, then you're not a guy that I want around to my daughter. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm with him too, because it's like she's she could easily be like taken advantage of very easily. And I think that's why not only is like the dad and the brother protective, but like the whole town seems to be very protective of her. Yeah, or or at least, you know, everybody in the cafe because you get the impression that Lucy has a very controlled day. I mean, I, I talked about it whenever, uh, I think it was just last week, whenever we get, or not last week, but the, the week before you came on, mm-hmm. where we get the, you know, the full rundown of uh, Marlon and Doug's routine, like their daily yeah. routine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
we really get the impression that yeah lucy wakes up she goes to have breakfast at the hukilau cafe she comes home with the plans of going to pick a pineapple for her dad's birthday Mm -hmm. and then he throws this uh paint this garage painting project which is like an all-day project so you know they they have her whole day planned out she goes to the hukilau she paints the garage they watch a movie so it's very structured and controlled so there's not a whole lot of deviation and not a whole lot of uh, spots for her to basically interact with anybody that's not familiar with her condition Mm -hmm. yeah um and god that's got to be exhausting to keep up with right like (laughs) (laughs) like they have to do all this every single day like just the repainting the walls like god that's oof i do not feel for these characters because it's just like uh that's just so exhausting yeah one thing that i hadn't thought of but there there's a, a another movie podcaster that's uh robert black that's that i've had on in a previous season Mm-hmm. But he had a blog where he watched Groundhog Day every day for a year. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You know, I, I feel like Marlon and Doug should have made a blog about yeah. you know <laughs> writing about how they had to watch Six Sense every day for over oh, a year. Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, and then yeah. Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, you know, we, we get this moment and then we get this moment with Alexa and Jocko, the, the walrus. Uh, so yes. I, th- this is a character that I have asked, you know, pretty much everybody about because Alexa is this weird character. And this, uh, again, th- this is 2004. So this is yeah really whenever uh, like, trans visibility was not very high no 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 so like and you know we we know trans people like what's your thought of like alexa as a character kind of viewing it through a 23 2023 trans lens because i mean and i've said before that that i get the impression that you know alexa is not a trans character she is just a masculine woman and yeah. she she kind of leans into it but like do, do you feel like they're kind of making fun of her do you do you think she's in on the joke like what's your thoughts on alexa as a character mm. in this movie oh man yeah i think it's just a i think it's more of just like she's a very mannish looking woman like in in like the character, because I mm. I just looked I looked at the actress herself and she's quite the opposite. She's really stunning actually in real life. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's just like it's just that you know childish kind of mindset of like Kihi is this super tall, maybe six foot woman who's got like you know the short hair. We're gonna make her kind of goofy. Um, we're gonna kind of play around with her gender. Um, yeah, she she has a deeper voice and she's deep voice. Like lean, leaning into it with the Russian accent. And then she get they give her a goofy accent. Yeah, like you know, they're you know, it's just it's just that childish mindset that comes with these kind of movies, these kind of like Adam Sandler early movies of you know, we're gonna um 
you know, we're going to have this character uh, that's mildly offensive. And um, I don't, I don't know if she's in on the joke or not. I can't, I can't really deduce that mm-hmm. um, because I mean, in this scene alone, she, she kind of flip flops between like, you know, I, I'm into, I was into women, but now I think I'm into men, but she puts it in like a very weird way of like, I'm not into ta- I'm not into yeah. tacos. I'm into sausages or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I don't she might be playing into it. I I don't know. It's really it's a really weird character study here in 2023 cuz back in <laughs> 2000 2004 nobody would think nothing of it. They'll just be like she's just this character that they kind of make fun of a little bit. Um she's just there for co- comedy's sake like, "Hey, look at this very tall, you know, woman who has a deep voice and is Russian and um and actually the actress isn't even that tall she's 510 like that's not even really <laughs> like super tall like that that's about average height i think for a woman um so well, I, don't I, know. I think it's i think it's <laughs> like slightly above average for a woman because i i, I want to uh, like just barely like yeah is... i mean she's not six foot is basically what i'm trying to say she's still yeah. five you know within the realm of a average height of a woman you know like you know like Bat like female basketball players like six foot five and shit like that you know so mm. you know comparing like that she's to me I would just be like she's just a natural sized woman who just you know looks a little weird talks a little weird her gender and sexuality is you know a little bit in question they make jokes about it because this is a movie about going on dates so they have to make a thing about it <clears throat> so. Um, but yeah, looking at it from a 2023 standpoint, it makes you go oof, like a really big mm-hmm. oof. Um, but if you look at it in a 2004 lens, it's just she's just there. It's, it's just it's you expect stuff like this. Yeah, and and I think it helps that uh, the Henry's character, like they seem to have a real friendship too. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Henry is coming, to, like asking her for advice, and and he's mm-hmm. not like doing it in a joking way. He's doing this in a sincere way, like right, he's exactly. asking for advice on what he should do because the the dad told her told him not to see her, and right, uh, and she gives him the advice. You know, if I was told not to see this woman that i would <laughs> just simply close my eyes, my eyes while yep. she is serving servicing my manhood yep <laughs> yes yeah and see it's stuff like that that makes you go okay you know you you question you want to question it but that's the joke like you know mm-hmm. it's it's like a it's it's like the it's pat movie or stuff like that <laughs> like you know like is that kind of joke i i had forgotten about pat <laughs> yes um but stuff like that. So it just it 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 fits with the style of movie it is, her character. So yeah, I, I think like comparing this character to Pat is is very different because in like with Pat, the joke is like all the, the characters are like just getting frustrated. It's like, is that a man or is that a woman? I, <laughs> I don't right? know. I don't know. And just <laughs> exactly. like escalating it and like them trying to find out. But in this movie, like Henry and the the other characters, like they don't care. Like the she's Alexa. Like I I think if this movie was made today, that Alexa would be a fully non-binary character. 
Oh, exactly. 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that, that again, like if that was the case, then all the characters would be okay with Alexa as a person. They would still be their friend. Right. I, right. I, and they would still give them a, a hard time, but it would do that. You know, it would be like a friendly jabbing and, you know, it, it's like the, the playfulness and, and again, like I, I am curious to get, to, you know, an, an actual, you know, because if we are two cis white males talking about this, so, yeah, so yeah, we're yeah, not, yeah. we're not the, the best, um, you know, perspective, but no, I'm, I'm no, hoping right. to have someone that's, uh, I mean, I, I will have at least one person that's, that might be able to give a, a more insider's perspective on, on this character uh, in the future. So we will we will see about that. But I, you know, from from my perspective, I feel like the the Alexa character is held handled relatively well for two thousand and four. I yeah, I I do agree with that statement. Yeah, and it's, again, it's just an expected thing to happen. These kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, that's that wraps up this uh, this date. Is yeah. is there anything else that that you want to talk about? Uh, this day or anything about this this movie as a whole um uh, this movie as a whole um it was it i it's to me it's one of those movies that's kind of like you don't think about it you like you see it it gets a it gets it gets it was out in theaters 2004 it, it rode the adam sandler <clears throat> wave it was like hey adam sandler and drew barrymore they reunited because they were in wedding singer in the 90s and now here they are in another movie, and it's a it's another rom com of sorts, and um, we get this goofy premise. But then, like after it came out in theaters, I felt like it just kind of went away a little bit. As Adam Sandler went and did his you know mid two thousands going to twenty tens career, like I felt like it was kind of left behind. So I don't really think about this movie very often. Um, I saw it in the theater, and I was like, I. I liked it for what it was. It wasn't the best movie on the face of the planet. It wasn't the best comedy in the world. It wasn't the best Adam Sandler movie in the world, but it was passable. It entertained me. I, you know, I was okay with it. And then I forgot about it until you were like, Hey, I'm going to do this for a podcast. And I was like, <laughs> ah, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. So I had not really thought about it since 2004. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's my take on it, which is not a bad, that's not a bad thing. I just was like, I enjoyed it for what it was. Let's move on. You know, it, to me, it's that kind of movie. I don't, I might be alone on that. I don't know, but that, that was my thoughts on it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's fair. I, I, I feel like that this does, that this is kind of usually considered like not top tier Sandler, but kind of B tier Sandler. Yeah, like it, it's it's good, but not the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, it's pretty. It's, pretty, it's all right. Yeah, but it's it's been fun, and I've I've have like surprisingly not, uh, you know, it, at least at this point in the movie, I've really only had like a couple moments where I'm like, eh. But for the most part, I I've been enjoying breaking this movie down at this level like I, yeah it's yeah. still it's still enjoyable and i've had, there's a lot of stuff that's that has kind of surprised me and uh that's that i've never caught before mm. 
But thank you once again for joining me today and for these past three weeks. And mm-hmm. for one last time, why don't you go ahead and let everybody else know where they can find you online? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, in case you didn't hear the last two episodes, uh, I run a podcast network called Rabbit Hole Podcast that you can check out over at rabbitholepodcast.com. There's a bunch of different shows for you to check out no matter what you're into we should have some kind of show for you uh and trying to promote different social medias uh i've already did the thing known as before me known as twitter i am on blue sky i know that's very hard to get into nowadays not everyone's in it but i was lucky enough to fall into an invite and i got a blue sky so if anyone out there you know happens to have a blue sky you can follow me over at famous comedian uh, as well and i don't do a whole lot with it because there's not a lot happening in blue sky right now because it's like five maybe 500 people total it looks <laughs> like is on this website and i follow only four of them so <laughs> but by all means follow me on blue sky and as always i am bubble wheat and you can find me on pretty much all the social media although i'm not yet on blue sky i am on hive but uh, that's that's one of them i am <laughs> i am i'm on mastodon but uh, <laughs> I, I don't post on either of those mm. uh, mainly at the moment it's instagram and threads those are those are they're the ones that i enjoy and you know threads is still uh, it, it's still not quite to where twitter yeah. was in its heyday but I, I feel like it'll get there and uh it's like give it maybe six months, and I I, I feel like Threads is is gonna be a, a good place to be. Okay. Um, okay. But I'm also on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. It's time to rewind a time loop group, and you can join that. I I post episodes as they come out, uh, and you can d- discuss them. I also share episodes of uh, Fight Club minutes as, as they are coming out, because uh, that's that is you know my other show that i'm also working on concurrently mm-hmm. and that that is that show is a lot of fun if you like this show that you will definitely like fight club minutes and uh, until next time i will see you for breakfast again next week really that's it that's what all that flirting and phony i can't read stuff and then you're not even going to ask me out or for my phone number i can't read oh shut up That was one of the goofiest things I've ever seen in my life. But I thought, hey, if this guy is so desperate to meet me, he might be worth talking to.